Hi, my name is Dr. Keith McLaughlin. I am your host. This is the Limitless Life Podcast. I want to thank you so much for, of course, tuning into us and enjoying this free healing information as we document my healing journey as well as my journey of helping other clients heal. Ultimately, I hope you take this back to your life and you really level up to your limitless life. Enjoy. And as a reminder, as always, nothing that's said on this podcast is a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always make sure to seek out the proper physician or healthcare practitioner for care. There's not really going to be a time where you're not going to go through a transition. Ultimately, you're only doing two things in life. You're either growing or you're dying. So if you want to keep on living and keep rocking out life, you got to keep growing. And this is kind of an unfortunate conundrum that we've found ourselves in. And we kind of get locked into this reality. But it's very important that we keep growing. Now, in the art of growing, when you keep on growing, what's really important is to move through the transitions with ease. And this is something I've been studying quite a bit over the last two years in my own process of healing and my own process of sitting with myself is I've found where I'll go through states of really chaotic, having to deal with something, figure something out. And then once I finally figure that thing out, it's absolute bliss on the other side because I've learned my lesson. I've grown from it. I'm able to adapt it to my life and I experience a new level of love, new level experience of giving my gifts back, a new level of experience of life uh, that really is very ambrosic. It's very like ecstatic experience to be in. Uh, so then, of course, we want to kind of be more in that ecstatic experience in life. So the more efficiently we move with the transitions, the more efficiently we can get more to that ecstatic and start getting really the fruits of our labors away. So what I want to talk about is really being with the experience. And the reason why is because I'm going through one right now. Uh, I just had a, and won't go into details, I just had a situation come up the other day and it kind of flustered me, kind of made me angry and realized it was a new transition, a new layer to learn from, a new layer of growth um, that has opportunity has arisen. And it's kind of this like feeling good, feeling good, feeling good. And then you're like, oh crud. And this new thing comes into your life. And the first suggestion I have, of course, you don't have to take my advice, but of course, there's a reason I'm giving you my advice is because I've been through the gambit. I'm trying to create the systems and the skills to move through this stuff is first off, acknowledge what is always start with acknowledgement. If something aggravated you, twisted your stomach, uh, you know, made you feel uncomfortable, didn't like how it showed up, acknowledge that you're experiencing that. Start with that right there. Uh, not to say that there's going to be a time where we're pretty much going to want to change it and we're going to want to take the action to change it. But in the first instance of it, we got to acknowledge that, um, you know, our happy trail kind of got knocked off course often, oftentimes, right? So we start off with the acknowledgement and this can come out through a different few different ways. And of course, I'm using network lens. So I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, discover as well as the first few stages. Uh, we can either fall in one of the first three stages, stage one being we're so disconnected that we're disconnected from the idea of even that there is disconnection. We're not even connected with that idea or that experience. The other one is polarization, which we typically start looking for a cure outside of ourselves. And we start kind of dichotomizing an aspect of ourselves or trying to avoid an aspect of ourselves that we'd rather not see. 
And stage three, of course, which is stuck in a perspective and stuck in frustration. Again, this is all coming from 12 stages of healing, Donnie Epstein's work. I use it a lot in my office and I'm sharing it with you because it's very important. Is stage three is stuck in a perspective or stuck in frustration. And that's typically when we're locked into a perspective in reality and we're getting into blame game, we're getting into frustration, getting aggravated. And oftentimes it is something that we're choosing to do or choosing to show up as that's leading to that. So when we get into those transition zones, ask yourself, is there some aspect of me that I'm not acknowledging? Right? Is there some layer that I'm not acknowledging? For me in this most recent episode, I wasn't acknowledging how much rage I actually had in the situation. And I was trying to put on kind of a happy face and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm resisting my own anger, my own rage. And instead I decided to sit with the frustration. I did the stage three breath work, you know, and I breathed into it. I moved into it. I felt angry. I was grunting a lot yesterday because <laughs> I was trying to get into the anger and the experience of the anger. And I was asking myself, what did I really want to say in that situation? You know, did I want to tell him to F off? Did I, you know, what, what was I actually, what was true for me in that situation that I actually wanted to say? And as I got deeper with the emotion, I felt it kind of suspend a little bit. The anger wasn't there, but it didn't, like it's not that the anger went away, it's just it didn't have a control over me anymore. And so there's recognition and I was allowing the anger to move through. Uh, I woke up with much more calmness today. I woke up with much more like ease. So, and what I'm trying to get at is when we're in these transitions, don't try to fight the flow. Try to figure out where's this, where's the grain of this flow and how can you move into it? Uh, there's only two things which you can resist the process and keep resisting and resisting it and take longer to get to the end point, or you can start swimming into the flow and speed up the process. Uh, those are really ultimately the two choices that we kind of get locked into. I've tried other methods, and just for me, this has worked out best is recognizing just the more we go and flow, the more we dig into our experience and our transition, the more easefulness and more grace will move through those transition zones. And even like now you're probably hearing my voice and, um, you know, I'm talking about this really lightly, but, you know, this is a really, really intense situation that just recently come up and I have the air to talk about it lightly because I've gone through this process so many times of feeling the frustration, sitting with the anger, feeling depressed, feeling offhanded. And I've, I've, I've experienced this multiple times and I'm getting better and better and better at it. And so my next step for me is how can I teach and how can I create a system for other people to get better at it themselves? And this is kind of my methodology around it. And so, again, this is acknowledgement and sitting with what truly is. And there'll be a time when that will f eventually switch where it's time to take action. And it'll feel it'll feel like a kind of a fire in your gut you'll kind of get where you're like, I want to change this. Like, I'm tired of this. Enough of this, right? And that's more of stage four energy is enough of this. I'm tired of doing this this way, right? And oftentimes what will happen is we will want to jump to stage four or want to stay stage five, six, seven, you know, more to transformation. We want to start changing things when we're not complete in the acknowledgement stage. And that's actually what I experienced yesterday. Um, I was literally feeling the anger still and I sat, I did stage three and I, I felt the anger move a little bit and shift a little bit. And I had the awareness that I think I just need to cool off. It's like, it's not time to change this yet. I didn't need to focus on changing it yet. And so instead I sat with my anger for the rest of the night instead of trying to change my anger, right? Like I said, I was grunting and, you know, all that stuff. And then I woke up this morning and then I was able to really sit with my body and sit with myself and recognize what change did I actually want to make? What actually did I want to change in that situation? How did I want it to play out differently? 
How do I want to play out differently the next time I come to this? What's an appropriate end goal or appropriate conclusion that fit more in alignment with how I actually wanted to show up? And that's more of what I sit with later. There's ultimately a reason why we choose not to do these certain things. Don't don't hate on your body for doing doing things like trying to do different survival tactics because ultimately there's a reason I didn't respond the way I did in the moment. And it can be anything from, uh, for me, it was kind of around the element of privacy as well as the element of um, putting up boundaries and as well as uh, in the professional situation I was in. So there was kind of a reason that I was deciding to show up that way. And I found it most effective in the moment to use that as a de- defensive strategy and process it later. And I don't, yes, there is a way I wanted to respond to it in the moment. And I decided to respond to it in a certain way. And I don't hate myself or regret the way I did it. I imagine there was some type of unconscious instinctual process that was happening where it was meant as a method of survival in the moment. So don't hate these defense strategies like, oh, I should have stood up to so-and-so when this happened, or I should have put up a boundary when this happened, or uh, and you start hating and developing anger towards yourself. And don't, don't do that because that just adds more conflict to the issue. Don't even stress about that. Have thankfulness for the way you showed up because there was probably a reason you showed up the way you did. You know, and um, I I got to learn uh, from a good friend of mine about this process of um, reintegrating privacy and the importance of privacy and the importance of not revealing yourself fully. It is fantastic when you learn the process to be able to reveal yourself fully to others. And there's a reason we don't do it all the time. There is a vulnerability aspect to it. And that is an important component. The reason we don't just say that we're angry at somebody or just say that we're um, ecstatic with somebody or just drop really deep emotional stuff on people is because it might not be the appropriate time. And so it's completely okay to do that if you want to live life that way. But there's also a reason the defense mechanism of not wanting to do that all the time, there's a reason that's there. And it's really ultimately up to you of how you want to um, titrate that process. Another thing's with transitions. Transitions transitions are going to be tough. Uh, naturally, we're just going to have these ups and downs. It's Life is like a roller coaster, for lack of better words, <laughs> just using a cheesy analogy. But life is like a roller coaster. You're going to have ups and downs. There's not really a question like that. That's like expecting to go through life without ever experiencing pain. Uh, you're going to experience pain at some point. So if you can change your relationship with pain, you'll have a different experience of pain. And same exact type of thing where it's when we're going through these transitions that suck, don't feel good or uncomfortable, instead approaching it with a different mindset and a different perspective is much healthier. So my focus is more on how can I create an efficient process, not only for myself, but for you guys listening. How can we create an efficient process to be able to move through these transitions with grace? Maybe I could have a method of support. What is your method of support? Do you have a community you reach out to? Uh, I, exactly when I had this happen to me the other day, um, I immediately uh, got the opportunity to talk with my sister and I kind of let out my frustration and let out my anger and she was holding my anger really beautifully. And so that was an opportunity where I can leverage my community and had the opportunity to be held. I got to have more connection with my sister um, and have deepened my relationship with my sister as well as help to, I don't want to say manage, but help to process this situation that came up. 
So I want you to kind of take this back to your own life. It, maybe you're in a transition right now where you're going through um, intense transition or uh, maybe you're recalling different transition processes that you've gone through in the past. Either way, I want you to pay attention to or maybe even ask yourself the questions, what, what was the turning point in that transition? The difference between I'm going through the transition and now life is hunky-dory. And you might have not made it through fully. Maybe you just dissociated from it or used denial to try to avoid it. Uh, but from those ones that you did find resolution or catharsis in, what was the turning point? Can that turning point be utilized as a kind of a flag stat, like a uh, point to plant your flag in where you're like, okay, now I know what causes the transition. How can I come back to that again? How can I come back to that process again? And again, I don't know your own experiences, but you do. Uh, so pay attention to what was your process? How did you go through that process? And what's your current system for going through that process when something comes up that flusters you or maybe gets you triggered or really um, throws you off in life ultimately? And the reason I'm putting so much emphasis on this is most of our traumas when we get processed are mostly mental emotional. I can't tell you how many things that have come into my office that are literally – a large majority of them are mental, emotional in their nature. It's it's very common that it's more of a mental, emotional side that is expressing itself in its physical version. And just to sit on the conversation of mental, emotional to physical, I've, I don't know if this is even in the talk. I know it's much more common nowadays to talk about this, uh, talking about the relation of stress and our physical body. But if there is conversation, like if there's um, conflict to this or res resistance to this idea, just think about something basic. What do you do when you're angry? Where's your blood flow go? Do you clench your fist? Do you clench your jaw? Right? Now, if I think about eating, what happens? I salivate. Right? I'm having a physiological response to my thoughts. So keep in mind our thoughts and our mind is very tightly woven with our physical expression. It's not something that we can really separate. So there was always going to be a mental component to our physicality, and there will always be a physicality connected to our mental component. So this, this is a very important concept because our mental world reflects our external and our physical body as well as vice versa. You know, if I start eating bad, of course, I'm going to feel mentally bad. I'm going to go kind of start defaulting to um, more negative self-talk. Uh, it's oftentimes what we find. And vice versa, if I have more mental negative self-talk, we'll find that now I'm reaching for unhealthy <laughs> unhealthy foods, right? So it, it goes back and forth. Now we can play a chicken or egg argument, which one starts the first. But ultimately, it's all part of the system and it's all working together. Now, one last component I want to talk on is anger. And this is a very important one. Right now, currently, where our society is, is there is a hesitancy to experience anger. I'm not 100% sure why that is. My current theory on it is because we kind of related anger to hurting people, we don't want to express it or project it on people because um, we don't want to hurt other people. And that's a completely legit reason why. And there are ways to express your anger, your frustration, your hurt, your boundaries. There's ways to express that in a healthy way that enables to communicate your position, claim your space, your energy, claim where you are at, and respecting the other person as well. That is doable. There's going to be some slip-ups in, in the process. I know I've had my own slip-ups <laughs> trying to learn how to do this. And even in your slip-ups, you'll find people actually are – 
when you have the right people around you, they'll hold you very well in that space. And so that's that's a really important aspect is um, start working with somebody you really truly trust to start holding you in your anger. And you'll find it gets easier and easier and easier process and you'll start learning how to claim your boundaries better. And this is really important because oftentimes we suppress anger or frustration and it's an emotion that needs to be expressed. And if it doesn't get expressed, it's going to be hanging out somewhere. Um, no different from old food in the fridge. You got leftovers. Um, it's not bad to have leftovers in your fridge, but if you leave them there for a month, two months, three months, um, they're going to start stinking up your whole fridge and they're going to start getting pretty nasty. So same exact thing with emotions, especially, uh, we all experience anger. The only difference is really, are you expressing it or not? Uh, I've, I've had multiple clients come in and they're, you know, they talk about the family members or so-and-so and ask them, well, you know, do they ever experience anger? And oftentimes they'll be like, oh no, they're such a happy person. They never experience anger. They never express. And that's, that's an important concept is like they, they don't, they're still experiencing anger. They're just not expressing it, which is problematic because they're not having a true cathartic release. So they're holding that anger somewhere in their body or in their experience. And typically what happens is we hold this anger and we keep holding it and holding it and holding it. And we keep getting ticked off multiple times about something. We never speak up to it. And then finally we burst out in anger over it and we get frustrated at somebody. And then we go into fighting or arguments or different types of things like that. Uh, This isn't something that I've studied thoroughly. It's just, this is from observation of um, clinical experience of years of observing people, as well as my own experiences within this. And this is what I've commonly seen. So it's important to learn how to articulate your boundaries, articulate your anger, uh, how to express your anger in a way that becomes healthy. And that the strategy might be going home and punching a pillow, just starting out. That might be the start of expressing anger. And eventually it can evolve into being able to be angry at somebody in the moment and express your anger. Hey, when you said that, that really aggravated me. It really pissed me off, right? And being able to state where you're feeling in the moment is very freeing, let me tell you. And it helps us with these transition zones because it's very often that these transition zones come up because something aggravated us or touched the wrong nerve or hit our buttons. And that's typically what triggered in the first taste. So if we don't have the method or the strategy or the outlet for expressing that anger in its fullest, it will just be on the rat race and we're going to stay in these transition zones even longer. Now, I'm not saying that this is ultimately the key to a transition zone, but I have found oftentimes with myself that it usually requires some level of acknowledgement of anger in me or acknowledgement of another side of me that I have not seen or have decided not to look at in a while or I don't want to be around or I don't want to show up as. You know, I, I don't, you know, for me, like, I don't like the version of Keith that shows up um, incompetently and, you know, forgets about things or forgets I scheduled something with somebody. It's, I don't, I don't like that version of me. And it's okay that I don't like that version of me, but that's also a version of me where there's a version of me that uh, loses consciousness or gets lost in the moment and it ends up taken away from others. And I acknowledge that's, that's a side of me. I'm doing this lifetime right now. <laughs> I acknowledge that that's a side of me and I see it. I don't like it. And I acknowledge that I don't like it either. And that's okay. And being able to have the okayness with that side of yourself is also a very important level. And oftentimes there's usually anger in that. Now, the deeper layer with the anger is oftentimes, and this kind of comes to the secondary part of it or the deeper layer under the anger, is 
the it's typically a side of ourselves that's not getting attention. So for me, I oftentimes will go into an anger pattern, typically when I feel worthless. If there's something that triggers me into a feeling of worthlessness, that will typically aggravate me. And I've learned that that's the side of me that wants to feel worth it. And that's really where the anger is coming from, truly on the, on the opposite side of it. So typically when, and I know this because I've acknowledged the anger so many times that I keep seeing that layer come up of when I sit with the anger, I feel the anger. I'm like, oh, I'm really angry. And I realize as I sit with it, I realize on the back end that it's actually, it's actually somebody did something that made me feel worthless. And that was actually how I was holding the anger. That was the deeper layer behind the anger. And oftentimes, like for me, it will come up in the way of, I'm in conversation and I feel like what I said got ignored or got side passed. And so then I go into this whole downward negative spiral about, oh, I don't have anything important to say. I shouldn't talk. I shouldn't blah, 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 blah. You know, all this stuff that's not true, essentially. And also was not intended by the group I'm in. Uh, that's also another important thing. So I'm projecting on them that they think I'm worthless, you know, and that that right there, having the awareness of that is super huge because now I'm aware of it. I acknowledge it. So the next time somebody talks over me, I say, hey, I think you guys just didn't hear me. And that's usually what happens if people just didn't hear me. And I say that and then, you know, they're like, oh, that's really cool. And then they acknowledge that. And so all of a sudden I've had the ability to rewrite this pattern of feeling worthless. Now, I'm not saying that this is the exact pattern that you're probably experiencing, but these are all thoughts and ideas around what are you experiencing in your experience in these transition zones and what is the deeper layer there? What's the deeper layer? If it is an element of anger, start with acknowledging the anger. And once you feel like the acknowledgement of the anger has been fully satiated, ask yourself, is there a part of me that is producing anger? Is there a part of me that's not getting attention from me appropriately? And another method around this is, I often will do this, um, and I advise this to some clients as well as I do this with myself all the time. I want you to picture yourself as a friend or somebody outside of yourself. Like, don't think about your relationship internally. Think of your relationship externally as if yourself was a friend that came over to your house and said, hey, how's it going? How is that relationship with yourself? How are you treating yourself currently? Is that a healthy relationship? And I imagine some of you are probably um, scrunching your nose or different things by <laughs> having a response to that and realizing that like, hey, like, oh my gosh, my relationship with myself isn't that healthy. And I know because that's exactly what I did <laughs> when I first had this idea or this perspective to put myself in those shoes where it's like, okay, how's my relationship with other people? Oh, they're great. You know, I treat them really well. I'm very care caring. And then I was like, how was my relationship with myself if I was an external person? And I was like, ooh, that is a... That's not a healthy relationship. And I find this perspective oftentimes gives us a little bit better awareness of what's going on. Again, just covering some of the topics of transition, just a reminder, review of all this type of stuff. When we're in transition, sit with it, acknowledge it, be with it. If there's anger, sit with the anger, dig into the anger, allow your spouse to experience the frustration and ask yourself, is there a deeper layer of me that needs attention? And don't forget always to create your community. Who do you have in your community that helps support you in this process as well? Have a great transition.
Thank you so much for listening to the Limitless Life podcast. Always remember to follow if you're not doing so and make sure to share with people that you think that might benefit. As always, make sure to either send us a comment, give us some feedback, let us know if there is some topic that you want us to hop into. And as always, if you're looking for a healing practitioner out here in Tucson, Arizona, my name is Dr. Keith McLaughlin with Limitless Chiropractic, and you can schedule a free consult online at www.limitlesschiropractic.org. Of course, just hop on the website, click schedule now, and follow the steps. And I will see you soon.